0: Welcome back to The Lily Kate Show. I am so glad you're all here today. We're going to enter into straight up just a segment called Big Ideas with Lily. Play the cute theme song right here.
1: This girl gets a great lift and fun out of walking down Fifth Avenue at the crack of dawn, looking in the window at Tiffany's.
0: And I want to call this segment Confused terrorism because everyone nowadays and historically has been talking about terrorism from the right to January 6th to the left with the BLM riots the summer of darkness in 2020 with the response to the Supreme Court leak to the war on terror to 9-11 and past etc we are obsessed with the other side of the political aisle doing nothing but terrorists and we try and ascribe terrorist motives to people that we disagree with with because we feel as if their belief system is in conflict with our own and our country should reflect our own belief system therefore anything going against that and acting militantly against the belief that we believe that we believe the country should hold is considered terrorism the thing is one person has to be right one side one person has to be correct so i want to ask the question today who is it who is correct well, on one side, legit, they have a history of terrorism, and I'm actually going to bring that to light today. We're going to go all the way back to the Edwardian period before World War One in Britain to talk about this. For Christmas, my boyfriend's brother gave me a book called Suffragette Bombers, and I'm going to actually read a few excerpts from it because it is strikingly relevant for what's going on today. Specifically in this part, it's recounting some of the terrorist acts that these suffragette women used to get their point across about getting the right to vote so this is starting on page 61 of the suffragette bombers the following day asquith was due to make a speech at the theater royale he was asquith was the uh, prime minister at the time one evening on the 18th of july a variety show was held in the theater with an orchestra and various performers the place was full and the audience was about to leave when three women began trying to burn the theater down. They poured petrol on the carpets and curtains. Petrol is gasoline in Britain. They set fire to chairs, and one of the women seated in a box managed to set fire to her chair, which she then hurled down at the orchestra, and as if this was not dangerous enough, several bombs were also detonated, and an attempt was made to start a fire in the cinema projector room, where reels of highly inflammable film were stored. So we all know the movement that is the women's suffrage, which happened in, you know, the early 1910s with the women's movement and getting women the right to vote in the year 1920. But over across the big puddle, the Atlantic Ocean, the suffragettes were also pushing for women to get the right to vote as well. And they took extraordinarily militant tactics. And in many cases, they took terroristic types of actions to get their point across. There's this one organization called the WSPU, which was the Women's Social and Political Union. They were specifically known to have a cult-like fascist structure that they used and um, all of the women who were in that theater pouring petrol on the carpets and curtains and hurling their seats down from boxes were protesting Asquith because they wanted to get the right to vote. Those three women were women who subscribed to the suffragette movement and really truly believed that their want to get the right to vote justified them behaving like barbarians. I also want to say that people like to ignore the dark side of feminism and where feminism actually came from and people are like oh well they didn't cause that much damage well actually you are totally wrong about that St. Catherine's Church in 1913 was an estimated cost of rebuilding was 20,000 pounds which roughly equates to 1.6 million pounds today the damage on the pier at Yarmouth on April 17th 1914 was around 15,000 pounds which is something over 1.2 million pounds today here's a fun one there was a dockyard fire at Portsmouth in December of 1913 and the cost of rebuilding the port was announced by the Navy to be about 200,000 pounds, which equates to roughly 16 million pounds today. And this book, again, The Suffragette Bombers by Simon Webb claims that sometimes up to 2.8 million pounds of monthly damages were caused by the suffragette movement that grew very extreme very quickly after gaining a lot of attention. Now, of course, this is to say that there were so many other women, approximately millions upon millions, enrolled in other organizations who were acting within the law at a constitutional level. They were debating. They were bringing petitions to light and trying to win themselves the right to vote through the legal way. However, this militant group called the British Suffragettes, they did not. (laughs) They went outside the law, public displays of violence. They oftentimes went out of their way to cause property damage, to cause insurance damages, and decided to get their point across in a more militant and aggressive way that is surely not feminine and not constructive for a society, because in fact, it was very violent. And the thing is, who knew that women were so capable of horrendous actions that can literally cost a society millions upon millions to to rebuild? what they have torn down. Well, it's strikingly similar to the Wisconsin pro-life clinic that was ambushed and vandalized this past week. In Wisconsin, there is this office called uh, Wisconsin Family Action. And shortly after 6 a.m. on Sunday, flames were seen coming out from it when a Molotov cocktail was thrown in. They said it failed to detonate. But if there were fumes and flames, I don't think it did fail to detonate. But spray painted on the exterior of the wall was something that said, if abortions aren't safe, you aren't either. Basically threatening them to say if we can't kill our own babies you are not safe and we will try and kill you. The vandalism came days after the leak of the draft opinion suggested that the U.S. Supreme Court was on the course to overturn the landmark Roe v. Wade decision that legalized abortion. First of all it didn't legalize abortion it just made the question of abortion go up to the federal level and of course both Democrats and Republicans came out and swiftly condemned the issue but clearly we see here that this is not a product of just people being pro choice. This is a product of radical feminism because feminism as we know in the second wave their main goal was to get quote unquote reproductive rights for women and they chose that abortion was one of the most sacred rights we have as women. Last week we played a clip where I went to Cal State Long Beach and we talked to students and we asked them we said do you believe that abortion is one of the most fundamental rights that a woman has and Almost all of them said, yes, of course, absolutely, I do. I believe that it is on par with free speech, the very most basic right that you have. So clearly, we know this ultra-women empowerment feminist society that we are currently living in now regards abortion as one of the most important tenets of being a woman. And if you feel as if one of your most important basic rights is getting taken away. Well, I'm not trying to justify, but of course you're gonna act this way. Of course you're going to go bomb pro-life clinics. Of course you're gonna go try and set fire. Of course you're going to threaten pro-life people, about murdering them if you take away this very basic right to abortion that you have somewhere maybe in the 14th amendment which is you know a clause of privacy question mark but this feminist terrorism is not new it's just getting covered up by the people who want you to believe that feminism is the ultimate good that our western society and our western thought has created and I just posted this on my Instagram but Jen Psaki literally said and the president's official stance was to encourage people to intimidate justices in the wake of the supreme court draft leak because of course this is monumental, this is unprecedented, a draft leak of this magnitude has never happened before. So I know that there's an outrage right now, I guess, about uh, protests that have been peaceful to date, and we certainly continue to encourage that outside of judges' homes, and that's the president's position. So we see the proof in the pudding. Every person is responding in a way that they see fit, that is in line with their moral compass, and this is the response of the literal White House to people going to Supreme Court justices' homes and protesting in their neighborhoods, which, mind you, is strictly illegal. According to Title 18, Section 107 of the U.S. Code, the law states that it is illegal, quote, with the intent of influencing any judge to picket or parade in a near building or residence occupied or used by such judge, juror, witness, or court officer. Literally says that it is illegal to try and intimidate a justice or someone involved in the judicial process to switch their vote regarding a specific issue. But you literally have the White House press secretary saying she actively encourages people to try and intimidate the justices and continue protesting at their house. So this radical feminist terrorism, specifically when it comes to the right to kill your little babies, is on the line, is being encouraged by the White House. When I first heard this clip on the Michael Knowles show, I literally, my mouth literally dropped open. This administration is all about bringing back normal or bringing the societal norms back or back to normal we go. You heard that constantly throughout 2020, but apparently norms mean nothing to them when in fact the U.S. Code of Conduct means nothing to them. Federal law means nothing to them. The White House has officially declared war on the courts, so this will not be pretty while it ends. I think the Supreme Court draft leak is really only the very first first step we've seen in the militant illegal behavior and intimidation tactics that the left is going to use to keep their sacred right to kill their babies. There are plenty of instances of violence in between them. I mean, the easiest one to go to is the Miss America pageant in 1968 when a bunch of radical feminists sent off stink bombs and disrupted the competition by holding signs that said women's liberation they were acting and you know forming a riot at this pageant because they were trying to protest common beauty standards and there are plenty more examples that I like to go through but I don't have time today however we know that feminists have been violent for a very long time. They believe that violence is something that can justify them getting their points across. Women often feel that they can have a tantrum at any time they want to get their way and unfortunately it does work a lot of the time and that's why we feel so much liberty to have tantrums all the time. But I want to ask, I want to ask this important question. Do you think that this level of militancy and violence and tantrum throwing and childish behavior, civil disobedience, and quite frankly, outright illegal action of the feminists, is it effective? Is it delivering the point that the feminists want? Is it going to be something that gets brownie points for their social movement or wards people, a lot of people, away from it? We're going to go back to the book, The Suffragette Bombers, again, by Simon Webb, and we're going to start in page 59. This is an analysis of this militant, violent force that is used to get women the right to vote, and it sort of answers the question that I just asked. England had already experienced terrorism and had shown no inclination to surrender to it. Either the suffragettes were unaware of this, or perhaps they thought that their own cause was so strong and morally justified that the public reaction would be different. I'm going to stop right there. The feminists nowadays really probably do believe that... Their cause is so morally justified and imperative that they should kill their babies up until, in some cases, literal, uh, until literal birth is so morally justified that the government should adhere and the public response will be different. And unfortunately, unlike England, who had experienced terrorism and had shown no inclination to surrender to it, the American government is so weak. We're huge. We are massive. We're so big. We have so much money and so much debt. But we're weak. We cave to the demands of tantruming women who are doing the wrong things and and pursuing the wrong moral ideas. So in that way, we are actually very unlike England because when we experience terrorism, we immediately respond to it, especially if it's domestic terrorism and we totally give in to it. And that has to be fixed. But the quote continues. This was a terrible miscalculation because although the violence certainly captured more attention for the suffragettes, it also lost them support generating instead revulsion for the actions of the extremists and sympathy for the government that had to tackle such a problem. In short, suffragette terrorism produced precisely the opposite effect from that which it intended. This is always the danger for those using terrorism as a political weapon. It is difficult to judge in advance whether your cause will be advanced or irrevocably harmed by the starting of fires and causing of explosions. Basically, the whole premise of the book that I'm reading is exploring the idea that maybe these militant terrorist feminists who were legitimate terrorists to their own country, maybe their actions failed in quickly and effectively getting the political message across, and I tend to agree with the conclusion that he's coming to. He says this is a total miscalculation that violence will get you where you want to go. Now, this was it was not popular back then to um, you know bomb theaters and try and like sabotage the prime minister. Actually, in fact, one woman threw a a hatchet at the prime minister when he was riding in an open carriage and it barely skimmed and missed his face. The acts of terrorism were not popular back then. And as I said, the premise of the book, The Suffragette Bombers, is arguing that because there was so much, extre- so much extremism, the suffragettes prolonged the battle for winning the right to vote. So again, do we think that current feminist terrorism is effective? A.K.A. going to justices' houses, bombing pro-life Places showing up to these rallies and sounding like literal hell. Or, for example, that one woman who had all those baby dolls tied to a string and that demon male mask and a bodysuit in New York City. I know you've all seen that video. She was yelling, I'm going to kill the babies. I'm going to kill the babies. Do they think that will be effective? I think most Americans don't want violence. I think most Americans will be absolutely repulsed by the radicalism of this extreme terrorist feminist movement. Most of them don't, most Americans don't want to feel unsafe. Most Americans are not tremendously radical, right? Our rights are not being infringed upon. The baby's rights are being infringed upon and that's why we want to stand up for those rights. Even 80% of Americans don't even believe that abortion should be after the first trimester. So I think in conclusion, the left is going too far too fast and they are beginning to feel the power of their grip loosening from their grasp and personally I think it's great. I don't condone terrorism or doing any actions that are illegal. But what I love to see is I like to see the left getting more desperate. I like to see them getting more fearful of the general public. I like to see that their grip is being loosened. But the only response that the left has is they just go farther and farther into their violent extremist terrorism. And I know I sound like a talking head right now using all of these buzzwords, but I want you to hear what I'm saying. They don't know anything else than militantly moving to get their political point across. They don't know anything else than outside of the law, being outraged and having only a diet of outrage and being so angry and confused and conflicted that they don't know first of all what to do with all of this negative energy they have so they channel it into ways that are wholly unproductive and violent and certainly expensive for the people who have to rebuild society after aka two billion dollars of insurance damages were done in the summer of darkness summer of 2020 because of BLM they don't know how to productively build they don't know how to productively channel their energy to do something productive and do something legislatively beneficial and do something that is good for their people and the people who subscribe to their social movements and conservatives, we can use this to our advantage. What do I mean by that? We can basically just continue being civil and continue showing that we are the side of love, that we are the side of peace, and we are the side of law and order, and most Americans will be attracted to that. So I'm not saying just continue doing nothing. I'm saying continue working within the framework of the Constitution, within the framework of the law, to get to where you want to go, because that's the best way to showcase and show people, in contrast and juxtaposition to the left, that we are the same ones. They're always calling us crazy. But really, like Chad Prather likes to ask with his book, am I crazy? And the conclusion, of course, is, you know what? I don't think I am. I don't think I'm the crazy one. I see this as an opportunity that conservatives can use to appeal to the people who are in the middle and ask the question, who is the sane one? And I believe that the feminists, they don't know what to do with all of their hateful, satanic, demonic energy. So they are channeling it into confused terrorism. And that concludes the big idea section of the day. I hope you enjoyed. Now, speaking of Chad Prather, I was given the incredible opportunity to go onto the Chad Prather show at the Blaze TV in Dallas this past week to talk about the Supreme Court case leak and other things relating to that. But we mostly spend time on uh, reacting to the extreme leftist TikToks provided to us by the daily meme service uh, delivery service of Libs of TikTok, which we are very thankful for. And so I just wanted to give you a... If you haven't listened to the show already, first of all, it's linked in the description of this podcast. But second, I just wanted to play you a few of the highlights because our discussion, even though it was limited amount of time, it was deep. It got to the root of all the important things. And we got to talk really about the war on women, the war on femininity and the war on motherhood and the war on life. I'm just really excited to share this with you. (music) you.
1: Hey, let's get off the rails on a Thursday party time, Mom. That's right, Mom. We're coming for you. I need a lot of energy from you guys today because <laughs> we got a special guest in the hot seat. My good friend Lily Kate. Welcome to the show. Thank
0: you, thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm
1: glad you're here. Uh, we've been working on getting you here for a minute, so I'm glad you. You just
0: never gave me your phone number to contact you to get well, here. Well, you know
1: what I do? I keep that kind of stuff on the down low cause <laughs> Girls get crazy. Girls get crazy. No, I'm happy you're here. <laughs> Blaze TV, give this girl a job. All right? That's all I'm going to say. She needs her own show. Ah. You and I have done a lot of events together, though. Uh, we've right. done a, a few of them. And you're a firecracker on stage. You're always rocking and rolling, spitting facts, and, and, and hammering down truth. And I've had people, people who have, have come to me and they've said, I have to host an event and MC an event next week. Do I have to be as good as her? no way oh yeah 100 <laughs> percent.
0: that's hilarious because the people who are organizing the events they always say just do what you're best at and i'm like you know i should start charging for this because you, you do yeah and seeing is like a, a passion i didn't know i had or a party trick i didn't know i had Yeah. so
1: yeah you and i'll talk you definitely need to be charging <laughs> for this because you're good at it so you. you you chose not to go to college yeah What fact? Why? What factored into that decision? This is my
0: favorite question ever. So let me just lay the land out a little bit. My dad has seven degrees. My mom has two uh, or a master's, a a bachelor's and a master's. My brother went to Baylor University when he was 16 years old, homeschool family. So like uber genius, except me, apparently. And I was 15 years old and my brother, he had started studying for the SATs when he was 15. And so he'd gone to college, been so successful. And I turned 15. I was like, well, seems like I got to start studying for the SAT. So I get out these honking, massive SAT books and I put them on the ground and I'm flipping through what is the SAT, how does it work, whatever and of course the first section is the math section Mm -hmm. and being a homeschooler I was taught how to argue and debate and I was taught about history and English math was just like I was self-taught math right so it goes to the math section of the SAT and I'm you know a few years behind what the SAT is requiring for math and I'm flipping through it and me being the woman that I am I just get this like intense emotional trauma and I'm just like sitting there and I'm crying and I'm like you know getting more angry and more frustrated as the pages are turning and I'm just like I'm never gonna be able to learn this math I'm never gonna be able to make it to college I'm gonna end up homeless like the whole <laughs> spiral of a 15 year old girl so my dad walks up the stairs and he's like hey Lily how would you like your steaks and he walks in the room and I'm like sprawled on the ground in a bathrobe like crying and he's like what the heck is wrong with you um and I would tell him all my woes and he sits me down and he's like you know you don't have to go to college if you don't want to and I was like oh I was like that's a really good point point." <laughs> and then ever since that moment I just decided I didn't want to go to college
1: there you go <laughs> and you're doing well you're doing well. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you seem reasonably educated for a homeschooler,
0: ah, right? I appreciate it. It's a yeah. classical education.
1: You are everything, everything. I'm continually barking and, and talking to our audience about get your kids out of the public school. You're everything I want them to see in a oh, human being.
0: Thank you. I, and, I just know how to talk to adults. Most students or children now, they just can't engage with an adult in a way that's not like I just need to be told what to do and bossed around. You know, we have, like, students now are just so not filled with anything. And I've seen that especially on the college campuses I go to, right? Most of the people, like, we're trying to engage with you, trying to get interaction for our episode. Most people have AirPods in, um, a a hoodie on, a mask, and they walk with their head down, shoulders slumped, and you can't even get their attention. And so that's really been shocking to me, just how unsocialized public school people are, because as a homeschooler, I'm supposed to be the one who's unsocialized. Yeah,
1: and they said about numerous founding fathers you know particularly benjamin franklin george washington they said that those guys they spent so much time around adults when they were growing up they had to interact because that was just the world they lived in right it made them more intelligent people Mm -hmm. right they were engaged in in deeper conversations more uh, intellectual and, and complexity of thought conversations and things like that so yeah. there's some merit to that but again people today they're they're interacting with their devices mm-hmm. you know they've got music blaring at them they got bits and bites of information that are bombarding their brains constantly yeah and I'm so, a believer
0: that we were not supposed to be consuming this much information on a constant basis yeah. we've reached an, an information paralysis if mm-hmm. you will people feel like they have no purpose because all of the options are open to them in the whole entire world and that leaves them to be just totally like staying in in the one place and yeah. not knowing what to do at
1: all that's a good point and it's it's not that we're doing the the information is one thing it's the methods of receiving the information and the information we're receiving
0: mm-hmm. right
1: so you get caught on tiktok scrolling through reels Gosh. for an hour and you're taking in information but is it it's not beneficial. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not reading the encyclopedia.
0: No, here. believe it or not, I actually like don't spend any time on TikTok. Yeah, good.
1: I, it, <laughs> and you shouldn't. I mean, I, I avoid those things. Yeah. Like, I forget apps like that even exist. Yeah, it's honestly. a good
0: place to be when you do because, like, I spend all my time because I own a social media management company and I'm currently, like, building it, right? So that means I spend a lot of time just creating the content. Right. People are like, who do you watch? And I'm like, uh... Uh, I don't know, Ben Shapiro, Michael Knowles, Chad Prather. I'm like, they're like, oh, you you don't watch any creators. And I'm like, content creators? No, like, I know how to create the content for whoever the client is or for myself. I don't need to watch it to know what's going to capture someone's interest and do well. So it is a cool place to be when you can just go a whole day without needing your phone, needing social media, because like, I have all my notifications turned off for every app, except the important ones, so...
1: And we talked about on the show Monday, you've got to take the time, take a break, reassess your priorities, notice the day. That's my Mm -hmm. phrase right now, notice the day. And uh, I want to get into some reaction videos as we go into the show today, because obviously you are one of my favorite anti-feminists.
0: I love it.
1: Right? Yeah. And and this abortion issue that is being brought to the forefront. Yeah. Uh, with this potential uh, overturning of Roe v. Wade. What was your initial take with all of that as as this has kind of started to emerge?
0: I was shocked, first of all. I... I tend to be on the more optimistic side. So whether it was from February 10th with which was the date of the document that it right. had been leaked, whether it was 2 days ago when it actually was leaked or it, whether it was in June when they finally make the decision, I really firmly believed that they would all vote in the right way. I assumed that Justice or Chief Justice Roberts would not vote in the right way, but still I had confidence in it. And so first initial reaction was this is great news if this is going to be the decision that they're going to have you know at the beginning of June and if yeah. they don't shift and um, you know change before then but my other reaction was has a leak ever happened before and of course all sources are saying nothing like this has ever happened before first of all and all my you know 10 years of being actually conscious in the world <laughs> you know my dad's a lawyer like he's like this kind of thing never happened before because we believe that it was planned. And so uh, the first kind of like analysis I had was this was planned, They, because minutes after the Democratic, you know, coalitions all had their talking points, already were sending out fundraising emails saying, hey, support, you know, women who want to kill their own babies. And, uh, you know, everyone was ready for it. And even funny, funny uh, to bring this up, but the Biden administration, instead of putting out a statement saying we condemn the person who did this, their immediate statement, you know, was, um, no, we should codify Roe into law and we should, you know, make abortion freely legal for everyone who wants one. Men or women? Because apparently that, I,
1: I caught that and it concerned me too.
0: Right, and I was like, that is the immediate reaction, not that because they're all caring about you know the institution and restoring the integrity of the courts. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if if you're not gonna talk about the fact that someone <coughs> within decided to leak it and um, be a snitch, then yeah, what? Are, where's the integrity?
1: Well, Ron DeSantis had some words to say about that, uh, and I like the phrase that he used. Can we play that clip right quick? Yeah. Let's do it. I will say, though, to have that leak out the way it did it was really unprecedented, and I think it was um, you know, really an attack on a lot of the justices. I think it was an intentional thing to try to whip up uh, a lot of, uh, of the public, to try to make it very political, potentially try to bully them into changing one of their positions, and that is not something that's appropriate for uh, uh, for the judicial branch. And so I hope, I know they launched an investigation. They need to figure out who did that, uh, and they need to hold them accountable because that's a real significant breach of trust. You want to talk about an insurrection, you know, that's a judicial insurrection to be taking that out um, and trying to kneecap uh, a potential majority uh, through kind of extra constitutional means yeah whenever they were doing the hearings for katanji jackson brown and i said you know the you know my biggest argument against her was she's not a judge as much as she's a judicial activist Mm -hmm. the further we go with this we're going to see this type of thing happen like you said the talking points were already written joe Mm -hmm. biden didn't come out and condemn it he immediately started talking about codifying into law uh these are the kind of things where you're going to see more and more stuff like this happen because again it becomes agenda and narrative driven right so Mm -hmm. Um, because again, this isn't about, you know, where I come from is about being a voice for the unborn and speaking out for the innocents who can't speak for themselves and defend themselves. Yeah. This whole thing, they don't care about babies. This, none no. of this is about babies. Well,
0: it's all about the woman. And I, I find it funny that they all of a sudden remember what a woman is and yeah. use it when it's convenient. Yeah. My dad texted me this morning and said, as a man who can get pregnant at any moment and give birth, I am terrified. about the overturning of Roe, and it's just you know (laughs) just a funny text but um they really like they use definitions when they're convenient
1: they really do and i woke up about four o'clock this morning and threw up in the toilet uh i could be pregnant i don't know probably it could be tequila that i had last night i don't know (laughs) but it could i could be pregnant chris we may we i may be the cowboy version of the pregnant man emoji We'll see. Well maybe I mean, I, I maybe got belly. the Blaze
0: can make a show called Chad's Expecting except he's go. expecting on Netflix. There you
1: go. And I would be the whiniest birthing person ever. <laughs> Let me tell you something. I would complain. I mean, I already eat whatever I want to eat, so there's that. Uh, I don't know if I can just go cold turkey on no alcohol Mm -hmm. or whatever. we got some more videos to get into with Lily Kate. Hey, uh, you know me. I am skeptical skeptical by nature. So when I first heard about home title theft, I was like, is this even real? I mean, We hear it on the radio. You hear it on this show. Can someone that's a cyber criminal really forge my name off the title of my home, take over as the new owner? Turns out, yep, they can. Real estate crimes and losses are rare, right? Wrong. According to the FBI, this crime is growing faster than credit card fraud, and you're not covered by homeowners' assurance or common identity theft programs. Home Title Lock earned my trust, and they should yours as well. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your home's title. The instant they detect anyone tampering with your home's title, they're going to mobilize to help shut it down. Here's what I want you to do number one, go to hometitlelock.com, read the testimonials from FBI agents and government officials. Number two, register your home address. This is free. You can see if you're already a victim and don't even know it. And when you protect your home, tell them Chad sent you to get my listener discount. HomeTitleLock.com. Say it with me, y'all. HomeTitleLock.com. And we'll be right back. (laughs) I don't know if you know this or not, but... Uh, according to one TikTok viral user, <laughs> uh, hookup culture will absolutely be decimated if SCOTUS tosses abortion. Um, in case you're a man who doesn't care about Roe v. Wade, just know that if abortion gets banned, hookup culture will be absolutely decimated, Bridget Gwynn wrote in text accompanying her Monday night TikTok video. Hookup culture is a synonym for casual sex, for those of you who don't know. Uh, one night stands um what woman would have mediocre sex with a drunk rando if he could potentially father their child uh 930,000 views on this wow um yeah how 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 dare we uh you know encourage celibacy I right know. it's a random thought i know crazy um one person said they were going to delete all their dating apps uh, <laughs>
0: if you haven't found someone on those dating apps yet, it's probably about time to delete them. You are
1: them. you you really have a problem hooking up with randos. <laughs> uh, the, already told my sneaky link no more meetups cause the fears of pregnancy. Well, see, you can meet up. You can have like you're not going to get pregnant from a coffee, all right. So like if y'all want to get together at the. You know. Well, whatever. And, and
0: she's acting as if hookup culture is this ultimate good that has done a lot of good for society. Oh, it
1: it really listen, it just is something that makes us better as a culture. It I mean, really does. Yeah,
0: I mean sexual promiscuity, that is like one of the Ten Commandments. 100%. Last time I read it.
1: I I mean everybody needs another a little more guilt and some yeah. more broken hearts. You need hearts. a wife
0: and a girlfriend on the side is what I've heard it.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, not open open relationship we just cheat uh this you know and here's the logic you know i'm scared that sexual assault numbers are going to rise because we know how well no can be tolerated uh pregnancy rates are going to drop while death rates are going to rise you know the the whole back alley abortion thing that type of logic you know whenever they whenever they give you um a constitutional carry law for firearms in a state they didn't suddenly turn into the wild wild west and everybody starts shooting each other like they assume it's going to happen right well guess what there's also not going to be a bunch of violent back alley abortions either if suddenly states say, no, you can't have an abortion. Right.
0: Because the majority of people actually think that what is legal is necessarily okay and moral, right? They're like, oh, if abortion's illegal, then I just won't get one. And the thing is, like, we both agree that abortion is a heinous, disgusting, gross, uh, should not be praised at all right? right and so the left when they use this talking point they're like oh but it'll just force abortions to be gross and bad and um you know unsavory for the women and we're like I- i'm standing here like well good because that's a deterrent right if they want to go through with you know getting a getting an abortion in a back alley it's going to be a lot more unsafe and that is going to be also used to reduce the number of abortions that are actually happening in the yeah. first place and you know why should we be sanitizing as a nation and you know just sweeping it under the rug the procedure of abortion which if i was getting a surgery and every time i had the procedure it ended in one person a hundred percent of the time dying mm. i wouldn't want to get that surgery
1: yeah. yeah no matter no matter how convenient or cheap they make it right, right? it's not uh it's crazy um let's play uh our, i love cory bush i don't know if you guys know this or not
0: he's just a failed actor
1: yeah let's it does let's uh The uh, play, Corey. Play, uh, Representative Corey Bush here. Yes, I think I think that the president should really. um, That's been my stance. Abolish the filibuster, Um, and uh, I saw that um, that Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer um, did tweet out that there will be a vote. You know, there's going to be a vote on the legislation to codify um, uh, the uh, right to an abortion. Um, so we're looking forward to that. We need to see who's gonna vote for it. Let's put, let's put the Senate on record. You know, but when I think about what else the president could do, one option could be through the, the, the Federal, um, I'm sorry, through the Food and Drug Administration. The president could have the FDA issue regulations to expand access to medical, medication abortion. You know, we need to bring that back into the conversation so that pregnant people could have access to a two-pill regimen safely and be able to end a pregnancy um, at home up to 10 weeks. Oh, sure, that's what we want. I mm-hmm. said Cory Bush. You heard Cory Booker. Booker. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the, um, right. It's basically the same. <laughs> Both person. failed actors. Basically, basically the same re re talking head. <laughs> uh, yeah. Biden should have the FDA expand access to abortions. Do you see how just, just matter of factly, like they say, you know, you should be able to do an abortion at home. Yeah.
0: No big deal. It just, you know, it's like having a shower.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just like a part of personal grooming.
0: Right. And it's funny because they're freaking out about this so, so deeply because it is a religious sacrament for the feminists and the radical left. And we know this, right? I saw a comment recently and it was like, Jesus says, this is my body, sacrifice for you. But Mm. the feminists, they say, this is your body, sacrifice for me. That's right. And it's totally just an inverse of, you know, Christianity and it's... um, Uh, usurping God as our father and of course that is something that Christians we have to be morally opposed to but making it such a casual for example like my show sanity check we went to Long Beach and we asked students we said do you think that abortion is one of the most sacred rights that a woman has Mm. Um, and we said you know like up there with free speech and pretty much every person except one person from the Turning Point chapter said yeah yeah, she should wow. be able to, you know, do that whenever she wants. And Ruth Bader Ginsburg, of course, when she was arguing for abortion, she said I, You know a woman cannot be equal to a man unless she has access to an abortion and I'm like how anti-woman is that like the most You know progressive feminist who recently passed away You know on the highest court of the land literally thought that women are incapable of being equal to men Unless she has the special privilege to kill her children and that is not the conservative position at all Especially like my position. I'm like no women and men are equal in value different in responsibility Mm. And you shouldn't you know Know, the killing of an extension of you and your child should not be something that signifies first of all how empowered you are and second your value as an actual human being or in the workforce or anywhere that your life takes you as a woman so it's just the narrative is quickly becoming very anti-woman because obviously statistically 50 percent of the people in the womb are women anyway yeah and uh, it's just folding in on itself because it's not about women. It's not about the babies. It's about the religious sacrament and the religious traditions of the radical left.
1: You, We alluded to making fun of uh, joking about Daily Wire. Andrew Claven with Daily Wire is one of my favorites. That is one podcast I listen to oh, every time he too. puts one out. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I don't know Andrew Clavin. I've, I've never met him. I don't think I've ever been around him to meet him or I would have. I know everybody else over there. I don't know Claven. Can we work that out, Chris? Can we work that out? Can I
0: have some of that too? I have lots of things to ask him.
1: I I know he and Glenn are close, (laughs) but I I would like, I really love Andrew Clayman. But anyway, he put, you know, listening to him, he made me realize just how much everything that's going on is a war on women. Yeah. Everything that's Mm -hmm. happening. They don't like women. They want to destroy women. They want to destroy womanhood. Um, This is an assault. Uh, Again, go back and listen to a lot of Andrew Clavin and stuff, even read his books. Mm-hmm. He alludes to it. Um, I don't want to get, dig too deep in that, but I want to bring it back to you because I know when I, when I refer to you tongue-in-cheek as an anti-feminist, you are an anti-feminist in terms of the militant feminists oh, movement that's feminine, going on, yeah. radical feminism. 100% which to me makes you an actual feminist, all right?
0: Well, first wave, which wasn't really technically right. what feminism was, but I would say, yeah, I think legal rights for women is an amazing thing. Sure. It's funny, Oh, whenever I give speeches at college campuses, they're always like, you just want to take away all of women's rights and chain them to the kitchen <laughs> counter. And I'm like, no, I want to allow women to be okay with wanting the things that they naturally want, a family, a husband, security, a nice house, things like that, right? And I want to inspire Gen Z to have a feeling of femininity because you were, you were getting at something. You said, it's an attack on women, yes. It's an attack on womanhood, yes. But even more so, it's an attack on femininity mm-hmm. because femininity is the very, like, it's the expression of being a woman that facilitates and inspires change to happen in the world. Femininity is the spiritual aspect of being a woman and it's you know not only the ability to like bring life into the world but to bring yeah. life into situations where there wasn't life before right making a house into a home or you know spicing up a conversation and women just have this beautiful cultural ability um to just heighten the culture make culture pursue excellence yeah. and softness and you know I'm a firm believer that men build things right but women give them the reason to build the things yeah. that they build in society and of course that's you know a picture of just the biblical relationship that the Lord has with the church but you know I really believe the attack is on femininity most of all because that's the reason why men do the things they do yeah. and you know why life can even come into the world in the first place
1: this audience is going to love you um, and they should I love you and I will tell you what you just said as far as an expression of and you ran past that but is so profound the relationship of the bridegroom with the church, with Christ, with the church, when, when the bridegroom, the husband, if you will, Christ gives redemption and dignity to the church that was lost and is now redeemed. The Mm. creative that comes out of that, Mm -hmm. the community that comes out of that, the life giving uh, aspect of that. It's so, it's such an important union. And I, and I think, you know, where would we be without that type of love that has enabled us to be whole again mm-hmm. right there's so much there to unpack i appreciate you bringing that that up mm-hmm. uh, Anyway, good stuff. (laughs) Lily Kate, everybody. You need to be following her on social media. Absolutely. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But in these politically charged times, conservatives, they need to vote with their dollars. We talk about a parallel economy all the time. I love my friends over at Minutemen Coffee. I went to the mailbox the other day and uh, opened it up. Had the little key in there and the little thing. So I had to go to the big box. I always love when I go because it means there's a package waiting on me. And I was excited. My new shipment of Minutemen Coffee had come in whole bean. That's right. Mm, So good. Uh, Listen, they are constitution loving patriotic americans they dude they do not operate with any fear of retaliation from the woke mob they're not worried about getting canceled they care so much about your constitutional rights that they'll actually send you a copy of the constitution in every order of coffee that you that you buy. So uh, you put that constitution out there on the coffee table, have a conversation. You can give it to people every time that that order comes in. Give, give somebody a constitution. It's amazing coffee, though. Small batch, handcrafted from family farms across the globe, roasted to perfection, delivered fresh to you. I've had a lot of coffees, and uh, Minute Men's the best. Hits the mark when it comes to taste and aroma. You're going to love it. Go get it. You can get a full pound for less than most companies are going to charge you for a cup of coffee. Uh, And they got a special going right now. You get three bags of the Heritage Roast and add Trader Joe to the – I love that name, Trader Joe. Uh, (laughs) Add it to the cart. It's going to be free, as well as the shipping's going to be free. Uh, Or you can use offer code CHAD, I spell it, Chad, at checkout for 15% off your order. Join the coffee revolution. Help us spread the Constitution and wake up without going going woke. MinutemanCoffee.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Sitting down with Lily Kate. As you know, at this point of the program, I've got to wax eloquent with you. Alas, my friends and neighbors, perishing are the days when you could say something funny and true at the same time and post it on the front of the store. as you 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 know, the store you manage, just put it out on the marquee as if it were the giant tree in the middle of the town square. In the great state of Indiana, a hero among men wanders the streets looking for a new job today because he had the absolute gall to say what we'd all been thinking. The unnamed manager of a Dollar Tree store... Put this sign out front, and this is what he said. He said, I apologize for us closing again. My two new cashiers quit because I said their boyfriends couldn't stand here for the entire shift. Don't hire Gen Zs. They don't know what work actually means. Uh, Now hiring baby boomers only thing. (laughs) Game, set, and match. Let me tell you something. If I was the CEO of Dollar Tree and I found out that this guy had put that sign on the front of my store, my pen would break the speed of sound signing the necessary paperwork to promote him to the highest position in the company. And why? Because he gets it. That's why. Folks, we're limping along at the tail end of a pandemic that left our workforce in absolute tatters over the last couple of years. Everywhere you go, you see help wanted signs all over the dadgum place. Never has there ever been a bigger glut of jobs available to a larger group of asinine Nine worthless lazy buttholes who don't have the sense God gave a banana split. Let me ask you something what's more offensive to the common sense mind the fact that these two brainless chicks quit because they thought they were being treated unfairly or because of their boyfriends plural boyfriends had the requisite time on their hands to stand at the cash register of a store all day like horny bumps on a log. I mean what the hell's going on in this country am I the one that's crazy? You can read that book and find out. No, what's crazy and most upsetting about this situation is that the frustrated manager who put the sign up out in front of the store got the boot. He got fired for pointing out what was not only obvious, but incredibly obviously, presumably because he hurt somebody right in their feel-feels, right? Folks, we're raising a new generation of namby-pamby, pajama-wearing, video game-guzzling, depressed, self-medicating, and self-diagnosing, fatally lazy intellectually, and in every other adverb form, masturbatory drains on the ever-collapsing teat of the society mid-prolapse. If you haven't taken a look out the window at the landscape passing by every day, it looks a little bit more like Mordor. Whatever happened to the notion that you not only needed to get your ass out the door in the morning and go to work, but that while you were there, you were subject to the rules and restrictions placed upon you by those who were responsible for signing your paycheck? I'm tired, mightily, dizzily, frustratingly tired of finding myself and the types of of integrity that I cherish seeming to age out of the woodwork as the structure weakens and threatens to collapse. It would be one thing if I could comfort myself with the notion that it wouldn't happen in my time, then at least I could only worry about what my kids are going to have to put up with. But listen, all this crap could blow up in our faces long before I'm dead. I still got some time left, I think. And then I'll have nothing left but the smug satisfaction that comes with saying, I told you so. Thankfully, I get a fair bit of juice out of that already, so I guess I won't complain too much. <sighs> Your boyfriend come sit with you at work? <laughs>
0: Well, seeing as I own a company from my home, he could, but he decided to go to college. (laughs) There you go. And, uh, you know, create something out of himself. There you go.
1: Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That description of Gen Z, I think, was probably my favorite I've ever heard. There you go. Can you send it to me so I can memorize it?
1: Listen, here's the thing about that. Now, imagine, Chris, how much that store manager had to put up with. Like how much grace he gave them. Oh and gosh. said, you know, your boyfriend can't stay here. Can't stay here. But kept coming, kept coming, kept coming. Before he finally went and got all of the little letters out for the sign. <laughs> put, Can you put the picture of the sign back up there again? If you got that? if you still got that clip? But he goes out there and he puts the sign up that says all of this stuff. It's amazing. It says, we're only hiring boomers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that's kind of what it's coming to. I mean, work is supposed to be apparently this place that's super comfortable. Um, Back to my show, Sanity Check, we asked them something about free speech on campus. And one of the girls, she said, "Um, well, campus is somewhere where you're supposed to feel totally comfortable. That's the point of college. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my expertise in college is very limited because I've only been to the most insane ones. But I don't think you're supposed to feel comfortable necessarily... At college, in so far yeah. that your responsibilities don't matter.
1: That's a safe space culture.
0: Oh yeah, right.
1: They think college camp is supposed to be the safe space. They, they, and look. I'm not saying you shouldn't be safe, but they, they <laughs> we're we're talking about safe from ideas, yeah, Like words. safe from words and opinions, safe and,
0: from microaggressions. You know,
1: people. You're at UC Berkeley and you're scared of somebody that got elected and holds office in Washington D.C. Right? Right. Or or if somebody put the word Trump in chalk on a sidewalk and you're like, I need to go. You know <laughs> hug a teat you know <laughs> i need to go snuggle with barney or something like that that that's the kind of thing that drives me up the wall right right um it that's why and i say this every time we've had you know brett cooper was on here morgan Zegger comes on here you come on here and i'm like thank god for this generation of young women who are out there have some common sense it <laughs> don't need to be you know what i'm saying you're strong You're strong. You're mentally strong, and you engage. You engage in culture. You're not afraid to go out there and engage people on college campuses, things like that. God, we need more of this.
0: Yeah, but actually, something you said there I want to kind of focus on too, because typically, you know, people always subscribe subscribe to you know my stuff, and they're like, oh, well, you think women should be weak, and I'm like, no, but she's not gonna be, you know, jacked like uh, Will Thomas is. Yeah. You know, she's she has to be strong in her own feminine way, yeah. because there, believe it or not, there are different ways to be strong sure. as a person. And I think something that you know Brett Cooper, Morgan Zegers, and I hope I have in common is that we are strong in the femininity, and we argue in a feminine. Way we present ourselves in a feminine way, which again lifts you know people to a higher place yeah. of excellence and makes them want to be the best versions of themselves, while also searching after a life of fulfillment and happiness. Um, so I think that's an important distinction. You know, it's strong yeah. in a feminine way.
1: Yeah, as I don't need you to lift to- two hundred pounds, right? Like, <laughs> I, 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 that's, that's not what any of us are looking for necessarily. I mean, I can't lift two hundred pounds at this stage in my life, so I'm not I'm not asking anybody else to do it. Um, but Yeah, that's it. it, It's just the mental toughness that seems to be missing across the board Mm -hmm. culturally in America these days. We really are soft soft group of people
0: oh yeah and i mean it's heightened with the curation the violent curation of social media content i mean once big tech companies start saying okay well we're gonna dictate and now the government with their ministry of truth board right yeah um you know once they're like okay we're gonna decide what's good for you pat you on the head and send you along your way good little liberal here's a lollipop you know like we're just we are in this culture that i don't think we could fight a war I don't like with our no. boys now, the testosterone no. is so low, first of all. I don't even think half of them could even get a girl pregnant.
1: Okay? There you go. Problem solved. <laughs> Problem solved.
0: But yeah, we're really we're really weak right now and it's pretty unimpressive. However, you know this is the time where young leaders can rise up yeah. and hopefully enlighten people and lead them in the right direction to inspire them in various ways to find their Ephesians two ten calling and like click it. into actual masculinity, actual femininity, and you know return to traditionalism. Because Gen Z, we have such a longing to belong. Like we have such a longing to be seen. That's why we're creating, you know, yeah. pansexual, cheese sexual, whatever <laughs> it is. We're creating all of these because we truly just want to belong. Yeah. And it's really sad but it's it's a very natural human want
1: community yeah people want community yeah
0: i mean it's it's not like we're that different from what we were you know hundreds even thousands of years ago we want to be seen women want to be loved men want to know that they are capable and can rise to the occasion and we can answer each other's deepest questions and so i think that in the process of searching for identity in so many wrong places gen z and of course this is optimistic of me but might come back to a semblance of tradition and traditional values with you know marriage family community emphasized finding belonging and purpose in a church serving something outside of yourself like your community church or country yeah. i think that gen z actually has a really good chance at coming back to that and yeah. maybe redeeming you know the culture a little bit
1: yeah you are optimistic i like that the, pen- <laughs> the pendulum does swing the pendulum does swing and it i mean it is really stretching the bounds of the spring right now oh yeah so
0: stretch marks are going to be real this in this generation strong,
1: <laughs> strong uh hang tight we'll be right back In our overtime segments, I have been laying some heavy truth on you, but I believe that what's coming tomorrow, uh, the overtime is going to be as, and I want to sound real Glenn Beck here, it could be the most important overtime I've ever done. Uh, And I say that in all sincerity. You do not want to miss this. I'm going to break down the spiritual foundations for what's happening in our country when it comes to to this issue over the right to life you do not want to miss it if you haven't signed up yet blaze tv.com slash chad use promo code chad to save you on the annual subscription come on there's no such thing as a free lunch folks we keep giving you this stuff giving it to you giving it to you support us here at blaze tv use promo code chad uh i never know what these tiktok videos are going to say lily oh, yeah. so i he surprises me Chris likes to I'll see. I'll cover if he, my
0: ears if there's bad words. He likes to. See,
1: <laughs> you'll be okay. <laughs> I, I like to see if he, if he could trigger me. Um, so let's get into it. Chris, play one. If they actually do this, yeah, uh, that would be the time where rioting would
0: be okay. I got the pitchforks. You get the gas and the torches. Uh, let's f-ing do that shit. Cause ah, uh-uh, you're not forcing. <sighs>
1: no, no. There's only one solution to this, to all of this, because it's all interconnected. (laughs) Starts with the, ends with E, and it's not vote.
0: Hey, TikTok. Do you ever wake up in the morning and think you just want to burn it all to the ground? (sighs) And what I mean by burning it all to the ground is those old white men and the women who support them who want to tell me what to do with my body. If Roe versus Wade gets overturned, there will be mayhem in these streets.
1: You think the global protests around George Floyd were big? You just f***ing wait when you launch an attack on 50% of the American population. If you supported the use of violence to defend abortion clinics when the state recognized abortion rights and the cops were doing it, you should have zero problems with people outside the law now doing the exact same thing. Well, I, if 50% of the country looks like you pussies, I ain't worried about none of it. <laughs> so, like, come on with it. Like, I, I'll buy you some gasoline. I'll get, at least get you started with the first gallon. It's $5. Oh, man. Uh, what are your thoughts there?
0: Well, at first thought is I was surprised to see so many men having opinions because apparently, opinions. It's apparently. apparently it's binary yeah. again. You know, men and women, nothing in between. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not... I think they don't understand what overturning Roe would actually do, right? They always talk about how this is a threat to our democracy, but what Roe, overturning Roe would do is just have the question of what should we do about abortion back down to the states so that the legislators could make laws in their own states about abortion and you can vote those legislators in. So in a way, actually in a very direct way, it's returning to the what democracy actually supposed to be first of all second point is and you know I say this as lightly and nicely as I can those women there is something so crazy and demonic about their eyes well specifically the one with the girl with a knife yeah I mean you know fiery but mostly peaceful in the end but I guess we'll see what happens if the decision is true but just I'm not afraid of those guys, but girls can be vicious. <laughs> girls can be the worst fascist I, types.
1: Some of those girls, I don't think they can run down the street, much less go <laughs> to war, so I'm not, again, too worried about it. But people are crazy. People oh, yeah? are crazy. We saw the person that attacked Dave Chappelle right? on the uh, on the stage there. And uh, the, where was that? The Hollywood Bowl? I don't even know where that yeah, show was. Yeah, not only it was a Hollywood Bowl, the guy had a fake knife yeah. with a I mean, a fake gun with a knife inside Knife inside, inside it. the fake gun.
0: Yeah. What's the point of the fake gun? Yeah, then? exactly. No Why don't you just bring the knife? He probably just didn't know how to use a gun.
1: Didn't know how, to, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Embarrassing. But that's, see, that's what Will Smith, that's what he did. Now you get to attack comedians. <laughs> now you get yeah, to everybody. No,
0: it's a trend. And another thing that if, going back to the Supreme Court uh, uh, leak that happened, if this possibly is able to flip a vote, the other way, so Roe is not overturned, then that will set a trend, just like you can attack comedians now. If this um, actually goes through and, you know, they don't put, they don't overturn Roe, that's going to be a trend the left can do whatever they want they can dox whoever they want leak whatever they want despite the integrity of the court and the you know agreements that they actually sign into be working in the court and it'll be full-on mob rule anarchy intimidation tactics because you know we're going to be here all moral trying to do things the right way while they're just you know trying to wreck the whole country
1: well they may not want what they're asking for i'll just leave it at that um it's a good thing we're kind of nice we're kind of nice. Yeah, we'll see how long it goes. <laughs> Hang tight, one more segment. Be right back. Follow Lily Kate on Instagram. It's Lily Kate. That's with one L. Lily with one, well, two the L's, but not way together. To spell it. There you go. <laughs> uh, Lily with one L. Uh, it's Lily Kate. Uh, Follow her on Instagram. Real quick, where will people be able to get the show?
0: Oh, Sanity Check USA on all platforms.
1: Sanity Check USA on all platforms. Do not miss out. Watchchad.com is where you can find me. That's where all the fun stuff is. Uh, we'll be in Naples, Florida, May 25th. Two shows that night, Off the Hook Comedy Club. We're going to have a good time. Uh, Conservative Ant's going to be there, as well as my buddy Bobby Sausalito at Take Maps. Uh, you watch him. You love him. He's been on this show as well. Uh, he is going to be there. Opening for me is going to be two shows that night. All the information. Get your tickets. Come hang out with us in Naples. One night only, midweek, uh, May 25th, Naples, Florida. Don't miss it watch chad.com blaze tv.com slash chad uh, use promo code chad don't forget go shopping uh chad on blaze.com overtime do not miss it we'll see you next week love you god bless you Bye.